Welcome to People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose is a podcast of inspiring people whose stories help you see things differently, live with intentionality, elevate the way you participate in the world, and take the necessary leaps in your life to seek and find your passions. Come with us and develop the courage to wholeheartedly pursue your purpose and unleash your truest potential. holding trauma, whether it be war trauma or childhood trauma or uh, sexual trauma. This is extremely powerful medicine that, that, that really works. The first time I had that experience with the ayahuasca, I was like, whoa, holy cow, you know, I've, I've been fighting my demons with, with one hand behind my back and now it's, you know, I have both hands. This is exactly what I've been asking for, is to find a purpose uh, worthy of my attention and worthy of my focus and worthy of my energy. And for me, there's no other purpose that makes more sense to me than to be of service right now to our veterans that are struggling deeply. Work is done in the valley, and the, and the valley is the day-to-day. -day. The medicine has helped me to realize the importance of keeping a level of inner peace and a level of honesty from within that I didn't have before. It was just raw truth. My guest today is Matthew Simpson. Matt is a free spirit traveler that has found his purpose to be of service to our U.S. veterans that struggle deeply with PTSD and suicide. Matt considers the world his home, but has been residing in Chicago for the past four months since ending an 18-month travel journey. Before his travels, Matt spent 14 years in Chicago's rat race as a business owner. Now he is the program manager for Veterans for Entheogenic Therapy, a nonprofit veteran organization providing alternative treatments such as plant-based healing experiences to combat PTSD and veteran suicide. Matt can be found at vetentheogenic.org, on Facebook at vetentheogenic, or at sacreddownload.wordpress.com. Talking with Matt was a very eye-opening experience. So many life tips and so much wisdom shared. I think you'll enjoy it. Hearing Matt's story and the work he's able to do for veterans, using something so natural as a plant to create deep and profound healing for a family and for a soldier, for our country and for our world is so inspiring. Without further ado, please enjoy my interview with Matt Simpson. Hi, Matt. Hey, Tanner. Happy birthday to you, my friend. Oh, thank you so much. So uh, I wanted to thank you for a second chance at the interview. I know that I'm new to this, and uh, last time we were uh, in a noisy coffee shop, and on my end, we didn't get the recording to download properly. So thank you so much for a second chance. Quite all right. Uh, happy to, to be here again, and uh, you know, grateful for an opportunity to, to share the work that we're doing, share my story, and, and thank you again for having me on your uh, podcast. Thank you. Where are you today? Uh, I'm in Chicago at my condo in uh, Lakeview by uh, Wrigley, by the stadium. Just having a nice Monday. Nice. That sounds great. So yeah, I was in Chicago uh, about five or six weeks ago, and I was with my friend, and we were having a chat about this new podcast I'm starting. And uh, I think you overheard me talk about my experience in India, where I was 
trying to survive without any money available to me. Their prime minister had canceled their money uh, the morning I arrived. And um, she, she got up to go to the restroom and you said to me, hey, man, did you just spend a lot of time abroad? And that started up a, a conversation. Yeah. yeah, I definitely, you know, overheard what you guys were talking about in, in, uh, in terms of your, your travels. And, and uh, you know, I think I mentioned something to you about that. And then we, we got in a nice little conversation to see another and to hear another, uh, you know, free spirit traveler. Uh, it was good to hear your, your story and impressions. Whenever anybody's talking India or Asia, it's, it's fascinating. My ears perk up and it's like, oh, because I, I haven't been. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I hope to make it that far. Exciting that you had that opportunity. Yeah, thank you. So yeah, I got done telling you kind of what I was doing in Thailand and so forth. Um, and I asked you what you had been doing. And if you had been abroad, can you speak to that? What, what were you doing while you were abroad? You know, I just finished a an 18-month travel journey where I spent uh, a lot of time in Central and South America. I did a three-month backpack trip last fall in Europe. My, my brother lives in Switzerland, so that was nice to have a home base there and have some family time. Bounced around the states here in Colorado and California and just, you know, taking some time away from the busy, busy corporate world and of, you know, figuring stuff out, you know, taking the time to reset and, and figure out what's true to me and what works for me moving forward. And ultimately, uh, the big question is, where can I serve? How can I serve um, for the next 50 years of my life? Where, where can I best be positioned? So I use the travel journey as um, an opportunity to do that. Very nice. So you, you mentioned that you were doing some shamanism. Can you explain what that is for people that aren't quite aware of what shamanism is? You know, I'd had some some uh, profound experiences in uh, in Central America back in the what in the fall of 2014. I had a really profound experience with uh, with ayahuasca, a deep healing experience uh, in in Costa Rica that really um, of this you know kind of shifting and changing uh, you know for, uh, focus in my life towards being of service and you know taking the time to reset to do the healing work that i needed to do the inner work that i needed to do in order to be in a position to be of service and retreats down in costa rica were really really profound deep healing experience for me where i could let go of you know some of the childhood shit that i've been carrying for many many years and really really grateful for that time and that relief and um yeah really really special powerful uh, medicine work yeah, it seems like very powerful medicine. It seems like you are in a really good place in your life right now, too. How are you using those travel experiences purposefully in your daily life right now? Well, it's, it's, it's all about uh, the work that I'm doing. A couple months back, I joined forces with a veteran organization called Veterans for Entheogenic Therapy, a Colorado State non-for-profit that is in service to our veterans that are struggling deeply with PTSD. Uh, we have a national tragedy uh, in terms of our veterans and the deep struggle and the plight that they face right now. We've had you know, 16 years of, of war and the VA is overcrowded and underprepared for this surge of uh, necessity. And uh, you know, we have anywhere from 22 to 50 of our veterans die by their own hand each day uh, in 2012, there was a VA suicide report uh, where they came up with the number 22 that only included 21 states, and it didn't include Texas, and it didn't include California. So in 2012, there were around 50 to 70 per day, and that number that number hit me, hit me right in the heart, and is something I couldn't turn uh, my 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 attention from. 
And, um, you know, it's something that's real. It affects us all. Uh, our veterans fight and serve and protect our freedoms and our liberties. And to come back and to be dying at, at that clip on our own soil was really a really heavy experience for me to become aware of. Yeah, definitely. That is definitely a tragedy. So what are you doing now? What is your means to, to helping with their healing process? I, I came across this organization, like it said, Veterans for Entheogenic Therapy, and it's ran by a uh, 30-year-old former Marine veteran, former infantryman, who uh, quietly, with very little funding, has been sending our veterans to uh, drink ayahuasca. And they've been healing, and they've been transforming, and ultimately coming back to their, their families, back to their, their work lives, and you know are able to let go of the trauma to be of service and, and to, to move on, to let, to let go of that chapter of their life and to move on and to be part of the collective again. And, you know, we've been, you know, Ryan is serving as a, as a, as a counselor or clinician that has uh, been holding space for these veterans and the PTGI post-drama growth index has increased with uh, nearly all 200 that we've had the ability to treat over the last uh, three years. So when hearing this message, you know, I was like, whoa, this needs to be shared. This is something that can help. And the big number that really, really sucked me in was that we have 500 uh, low income, uh, some homeless veterans that um, are on our waiting list that are waiting for this therapy and are really in dire straits and, and are at the end of the road. To be qualified for our program, you had to have been through the VA's uh, treatment programs for six months and taken the, you know, the, the uppers and the downers and the sleep aids, taken the pills. So we do have these folks that are marginalized and that just need healing and we're in a position to, to offer that. So, uh, you know, it just, it called me in and, and really grateful to be working on, on this mission with Ryan, sharing this message of hope for our veterans that are struggling deeply in the hope that we can raise more funds and provide this this therapy and ultimately our, our long-term vision is to have a healing ranch, veteran healing ranch down in Florida. Nice. So you're not affiliated with the VA in any way? No, no, we, we are not affiliated with the VA. We hope to, to, to be working with them at, at some level in terms of, of, of helping out and having them outsource you know, veterans where, where they can screen and, and perhaps do pre-planning to see of those that potentially could be in need of our program ahead of the time before putting them through uh, months and months of therapy when, they, when they're aware that it won't work. So we're, we're exploring options. We got Ryan is serving as, as a researcher. We're, we're the only ones that are researching, at least at this, at this level in terms of the sample size of people that we've had the opportunity to, to serve and to, and to go through our program. Again, upwards of 200 have, have gone. So that's, that's a pretty significant amount of data that we're compiling. So that surely will be turning heads. We're not the only ones that are doing and using alternative therapies. MDMA, the club drug ecstasy in pure form is in phase three clinical trials with the FDA right now. It is likely to be a legal medicine by 2020, 2021, subscribed through a therapist in an effort to, to control any, any misuse, but it's having unbelievable effects against PTSD, chronic PTSD and depression. Those that have suffered for an average of 17 years are, are getting better uh, after taking this um, and, and one to three treatments, I believe is the, the numbers that they're, they're having. So um, we feel like we're part of a, a movement of um, looking at medicine differently, especially looking at PTSD.
you know, because this is this is something that uh, is highly effective, uh, the ayahuasca against PTSD when when people are holding trauma, whether it be war trauma or childhood trauma or um, uh, sexual trauma. This is extremely powerful medicine that, that, that really works. Why is it so effective against PTSD? How does it work? It targets the, you know, I like to say the experiences. It gives you a high-level view of your life. It gives you a high-level view, like an eagle's view of your patterns and, and, and your emotions. And it allows you to step outside of yourself and see objectively and to, and to look at yourself with compassion. And that from that angle, there's a space that's created between the the trauma that one has and the reaction to that and that's really powerful and that's what we're we're seeing with our vets it's not you know necessarily a a a miracle it it fixes you and everything's perfect it just it gives you an opportunity to move forward and move on and then get on the path of of healing the path of of having hope the the real work is done in the day-to-day you know, in the daily practice of some sort. Um, and that's something that we offer with the integration program that we have is, is helping and, and, and continuing therapy. But the peak experience is, is something that really helps in or mobilizing the toxicity and the trauma. So, um, you know, people can end up dealing with that. You know, I like to say that it's, you know, before I, you know, I had extensive therapy myself, the first time I had that experience with the ayahuasca, I was like, whoa, holy cow, you know, I've, I've been fighting my demons with, with one hand behind my back. And now it's, you know, I have both hands and that's, that's powerful. So it gives, it, it, it awakens a, I don't want to say inner healer, but a, a, an intuitive response from within that, that allows people to heal and to move forward. Yeah, nice. That's very cool. Can you speak about your personal experience with ayahuasca? When did you first try this and... What was that experience um, like? My first experience was December of 2014. And um, yeah, it was a really, really deep uh, experience. I didn't really know. I mean, I'd done my research. Uh, and But this is this is something that, you know, I can make all these analogies and this and that. But it really, it's an ineffable experience that, that words do no justice. And for me, it was the first religious experience that I've had at, at, at 35 years old to, to really feel love for the first time in my life was really a profound experience true peace you know real unconditional love was really really powerful and you know it was a very visionary experience you know i essentially had a a, a five-year plan or business plan flash through my mind uh, in, in an evening and you know for me to see clearly the necessity of uh, the daily practice of of some sort of of meditating each day of doing yoga of um, living a healthier life um, in terms of uh, my diet in terms of the way my relationships with others and and most certainly the relationship with myself and it put me in a position where I could garner a position of of, of self love you know where I could I could look at myself uh, with more compassion and and that's that those were some of my big takeaways from my initial experience. Nice, that's very cool. So what was it that drew you to have the experience in the first place? Where were you before? And You know, I was, in, I was in the, uh, in the rat race and, you know, I had a business in Chicago and I sold that in, um, actually on my 35th birthday in, uh, October 16th of 2014. 
And immediately after, after having this kind of freeing up myself from this business that I've been associated with for seven years, being able to have that freedom immediately, there was this, this overwhelming feeling of, of these altruistic thoughts and, and uh, there's got to be a different way. There's got to be a better way. There's got to be a way to, to be of service and live a more sustainable life with health, happiness, and strength. And, you know, I had this kind of overwhelming feeling within it felt like a calling. And, uh, you know, two months later I was down, uh, you know, having that experience in Costa Rica. And, uh, a year later I disentangled myself from, from really the mess that I'd created in corporate America and, and, and was able to, to leave on good terms. I left my business and found a replacement for the, to carry on and to make sure that everything would go on. There was that feeling of not wanting to leave anybody high and dry, but I really, really, you know, for the year of 2015 was dialed in to prepare myself for this travel journey that I had the last 18 months where I was uh, on the road, traveling around with a backpack, uh, knowing that it would be uh, an, an important thing to prepare for. And if I wasn't uh, properly prepared for, um, you know, I, I don't think that I would have gotten the same value that I got out of this, uh, this experience. Yeah. So how did this experience help you to refine your purpose? Uh, well, it helped me to, to find uh, exactly where to spend my time and where to spend my energy. Um, and, you know, I found that in, in April coming across this organization where it just made sense. For the first 14 months, 15 months of my travel journey, it was a lot of deep inner work, really looking within, a lot of meditation, a lot of prayer, a lot of, um, you know, travel and meeting new people and, and, you know, engaging in new ideas and this and that and, and all of the amazing things that happen from, from meeting people that are different from you. And I think that that's how we learn about ourselves by coming across, uh, you know, cultural differences. Uh, but 18 countries in 18 months, um, you know, I guess prepared me and, and shifted my orientation where I could be in a position to accept this, um, this opportunity. And it, and it hit me. I remember being in Grass Valley, California in, I think it was, it was April and it was like, oh shit, man, be careful what you wish for. This is, this is exactly what I've been asking for is to, is to find uh, a purpose uh, worthy of my attention and worthy of my focus and worthy of my energy. And for me, um, there's, there's no other purpose that, that makes more sense to me than, than to be of service right now to our veterans that are struggling deeply with the, with the experiences that I've had and to know how this medicine works and, and um, to have someone to walk this path with so we can uh, administer this in a safe uh, manner where, you know, I believe that our veterans, that, that struggling, struggling, I think there's a, anywhere from 500,000 to a million of our vets that are struggling deeply with PTSD. I think that that is our nation's and, and our world's greatest potential uh, resource and hidden strength is that these people have courage, they have, have integrity, they have values, and, um, but they're hurting deeply and, and they're, they're stuck and, um, giving them that opportunity to, to, to heal and to, to, to go back into their circles is really, really humbling experience to be a part of right now. I can tell that it's really close to your heart that this purpose has truly become like yours now. Well, thank you. So you mentioned about how you guys have a reintegration program. And then you also talked about how the work is done in your daily life. Can you go into how your ayahuasca experience and the experience of your veterans is impacting how you live your daily life? Uh, sure thing. 
Well, I'll just talk in general that the, the integration process is so important. You have this, this peak experience, this deep healing, profound experience. Uh, they're, they're, our veterans, they go down to Florida for this, uh, this church, uh, SoulQuest um, church. So the integration is just as important as the actual peak experience itself. We say that, and if you don't have the proper support afterwards, it can be destabilizing. The work is done in the valley and the, and the valley is the day-to-day. And uh, so are used as a trained counselor to guide our veterans on the day-to-day with Skype calls and, and encouraging the daily practice, whether it be meditation or yoga, or there's a, a whole array of, of different tools and techniques that to help on the day-to-day, which is, it's important that these insights be applied to our lives. And there's not much value for these these deep experiences if you can't ground the experience and apply it to your day-to-day lives with your relationships with your significant others with your children with mm-hmm. your work relationships and that's really what this metrics the the post-trauma growth index is a overall uh, well-being index or metric that is demonstrating that that and some of our, our vets are thriving starting their own non-for-profits um you know, really getting back engaged. There was there was one guy in particular that comes to mind that that was was I think fifty to eighty pounds overweight, and taking fifty pills a day, upwards of fifty pills a day. And uh, you know, he's he's an MMA fighter in in uh, in uh, you know Nevada, uh, Las Vegas, I believe. And to see him get his warrior spirit back was really really powerful. And and uh, we have many 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 other testimonies. Of, of those that have been through our program, but the real work is done in the day-to-day. Um, you know, these, these profound transcendent insights are really worthless unless you can apply them um, towards your life and towards being a better person and being a part of the collective. Yeah, so what do you do to stay so close to your experience? I know that this can be a very transcendental, it's also like a psychedelic experience. So how do you stay so close to those feelings and those understandings and revelations that you're able to gain well, I in think this one that, weekend. Yeah, I think that the important thing is is to have have a daily practice. When I first had this experience, I thought, you know, meditation, meditation. It has to be meditation for everybody. Everybody has to sit on a cushion and 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 do an hour or two or three hours of meditation a day. And but really, it's it's whatever works for you, whatever works to ground you, to put you into that place of inner peace, whether it's meditation, whether it's yoga, whether it's dance, whether it's music, whether it's art, all of these different ways that we can really ground ourselves. So that's that's been something that was really, you know, important insight for me uh, personally. Uh, you know, I'm a meditator. I like to meditate, you know, an hour a day and and to take that time um, to reconnect to that that place within to know that I'm responding to my own intuition as opposed to all of this external stimuli that we have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. I just read the other day in this amazing book, uh, Firvana, that um, that in a day's basis, you know, anytime anywhere from 500 to 700 times we're being sold. For, for something, someone's trying to sell us something, you know, uh, with with our devices, and and we're in this world where the 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 marketers have gotten very very good at distracting us, as we can all see by just walking down the street, the way that people carry these phones, and and it becomes such an integral part of our lives. And uh, but taking that time each day 
to look within and, and to know that, that I'm connecting to those experiences and guided by my own intuition as opposed to all these external forces. Yeah. How has your ayahuasca experience changed your relationship to daily concepts that we give power to, like financial obligations or political affiliation or how society should be organized or family obligations? Has it affected the way you feel about those sort of things? Yeah, it it has. Um, you know, and and I strive for for just peace. You know, everybody's doing the best they can with this human experience, and 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 we don't get a handbook and we don't get a guidebook. You know, so having compassion for others that are on. Uh, everybody's on a journey. And again, everybody's doing the best they can. So uh, for me, it's helped me immensely with my family relationships and uh, coming to grips with with those around me, my friends. Um, you know, there was a time where I, I, I kind of let everything go. And, um, you know, and that's really what my travels were all about is taking that time to really heal and really, um, but the amount of love and support and encouragement to come back to uh, has really been meaningful. Um, in terms of uh, politics, you know, I don't, I don't go down that rabbit hole. It's something that keeping a close eye on my energies, it doesn't do much good to sit in front and watch, you know, five to eight hours of TV like the average American. It, it, it does no good at all, actually. And, um, you know, I think that those, those impressions that we see on the news and all of this negativity, it, it, it poisons our blood. It really does. Uh, and it's, um, but the medicine has helped me to realize the importance of keeping a level of inner peace and a level of honesty from within that I didn't have before. There's a level of happiness and joy and fulfillment that I have right now that I didn't have before. It's not that life is easy. It certainly isn't. There's a struggle, um, but it's a beautiful struggle and, and it's a struggle that's rewarding and, and certainly uh, worthwhile now that I'm in a position to, to help others, to help others get through the same challenges that uh, had gotten in the way of me and um, and to share some of these insights and wisdom that I've picked up on my path of uh, yeah. of, of healing. What's a rewarding and specific impact that you've had on on others? Well, I think that certainly the work that we're doing right now. I mean, we're there's 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 lives at stake with our veterans. So um, I think that that's an ultra rewarding, uh, you know, feeling to to get the helper high of of, of helping. Uh, those that fought for our liberties and fought for our freedoms, I still can't, it boggles my mind that that um, we could send them to war and then when they come back, and I've just, I'm going to go on a little tangent here, I just read this this amazing book called Tribe that uh, by Sebastian Younger, and you know, he posits, and it's something that I've been suspecting, it's, it's not a PTSD issue, it's a collective society issue is that we're so largely disconnected on so many different levels that we can't, you know, offer the love and offer the, the support. Um, you know, we, we have such an isolated society that, um, and a lot of our veterans, you know, they, they were struggling. They didn't have, you know, before they went to war, a lot of them were marginalized and, um, you know, we're finding a lot of our vets, you know, had, had deep rooted, you know, childhood issues beforehand. So coming back, you know, be presented into a society that, that, uh, you know, has a challenging time bringing them back and accepting them and, and, and giving them love. It's apparent. We all see that, you know, and, you know, we, we hear the, you know, support your troops and your troops and, you know, and, and you know, thank you for this or, or, you know, someone will, you know, buy a, a veteran a cheeseburger, but that's, that's really downright insulting when you think about the sacrifice that, that, that they're us. And, um, 
and so yeah that's that's something that that, that is a lot you know is is the collective uh, that we have and our inability to to integrate them back in that it is it's not a ptsd it's a collective issue and it affects us all and that we can all be a part of and and to 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 mitigate that how can we all um connect better how can we connect better to something that's true and beautiful and well i think all the that, that, that empathy have. is a is a huge thing and um and and sharing the plight you know um we're having a huge event um you know in 10 days here in chicago a big fundraiser called uh, vet um inaugural real talk and we're going to have our veterans sharing openly their experience our program and the experiences that they've they've had um from a transformation point but uh, to be in a in a position where they'll be heard we just want to be heard um you know, that's something that, that is, is done and it's not done here. We just, we just move, have a parade or two and, and, um, you know, empathize and actually, um, gauge our veterans. Um, and with most importantly is jobs, you know, they have an unbelievably challenging time getting meaning work when they come. And that's, that's an integral part to, to living a happy life, fulfills, you know, being, you know, of service in some capacity. And so it's it's to see a bunch of organizations that are, are are out there to to get our veterans back into the workforce, back to being a part of the collective. Yeah, that's cool. People help. Well, right now, really, our list of again, um, uh, 500 low-income, some homeless veterans that are struggling deeply with treatment-resistant PTSD. Uh, we're looking to raise a quarter of a million dollars to clear that list. And so from a monetary standpoint, uh, all donations go directly to our veterans, go to their retreat expenses and travel expenses. So um, donations are, have been huge. And uh, getting the word out there is also huge. Getting this message, just engaging in our message is helpful too, just of, of this, you know, and, and, and sharing this with, with someone. If you see someone that's in need that, that potentially needs to hear this, somebody that could be in a position to help so that's really to get this word out there and um but but from a financial standpoint donations are huge so we have a donate button on our uh, website and i'm happy to share that uh that that link it's uh www.vetentheogenic.org v-e-t-e-n-t-h-e-o-g-e-n-i-c.org and I'm sure that you can hopefully put those in the show well. So thank you for asking about that and, and how uh, others can contribute. Yeah, I'll definitely put those in the show notes and I'll make sure to contribute myself as well. Awesome. And and just to, you know, an important for, for Rex, $100 is, is, I mean, what it costs to put a veteran through our program for a full year and um and 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 that that money that six hundred dollars can transform a veteran family because these and then they're bringing this um and they have to go back home to their to their wife family and they're healing this the the um really the sec we call it the secondary ptsd that that from the uh the veterans that come back from war and they don't know they don't have the tools to communicate effectively and there's that angst and that chasm that grows deeper and deeper yeah definitely so i guess i want to go back a little ways um what is entheogenic therapy entheogenic therapy uh it can it it is a i was going to say it's used synonymously with psychedelic 
but it's the the entheode is um, it essentially means awaking the divine within, awaking the the inner healer, waking and and so coming from plant medicines like the ayahuasca, which comes from a a vine and a leaf that um, are, are from the Amazon that they put into a pot and, and boil and, and, and one has a, a MOIA inhibitor which releases dimethyltryptyline in the, the other. So essentially making this, this psychoactive uh, tea, which again, a deep visionary experience uh, with people to go really go within uh, on a, what would be a four to eight hour you know, journey within and, and, um, again, the deep healing that happens. How does it, um, how does it compare to other forms of therapy? Do you feel like it's more successful more quickly? Well, we're having, again, we're having great success with, with this and, um, you know, we're researchers and, um, but there's, you know, other medicines and other tools and uh, that, that, that work great as well. Um, psilocybin has been working tremendously with, with depression as well. And that's the active ingredient that comes from magic. If you don't have to uh, take much to get, get, you know, respite and, uh, you know, we're, we've gotten all sorts of, uh, we, we had a nice plug this week from, from, uh, a, a PhD John Hopkins university that, um, you know, really put a nice thing about the work that we're doing, the importance and the moral obligation that, that we, with so many people that are struggling to explore all options. And these are these are things that were explored back in the '80s, and we all know what happened. Um, but but we have a different time, a different level of awareness right now with science, and and science was left out of that conversation in 19 the Controlled Substances Act. It, it wasn't uh, it wasn't counted. And now again, we're in a position. It's what 2000, nearly 50 years later, and uh, we can look differently, hopefully, at at those drug and medicine laws which were enacted by Richard Nixon. You know, I always think that Richard Nixon is um, effectively still serving as our moral and spiritual uh, authority, and uh, you know, by virtue of our medicine and drug laws. And that's, I mean, we all know, uh, you know, um, dishonest, uh, you know, president. So, you know, yeah, we're just, we're hopeful. We're just going to keep doing our work and uh, keep sharing uh, openly and on the hope that this message gets to the, get to, gets to those that are hurting. How do you go about combating social stigma? I know in school and in church, I was taught that I should be avoiding things like MDMA and magic mushrooms and anything that's going to create some psychedelic experience going to make me go crazy or whatever. How do you, how do you address those concerns? Well, that's, that's a great question. And, um, you know, we just do our work and, and, uh, you know, Gandhi, you know, be the change and, uh, to keep level headed and to keep focused on, uh, what you know the work that we're doing is 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 to, to to help our veterans get better and so focusing all and all of our energy on that um, I try to tune up the fearful that uh, you know and but but yeah it's it's tough and we live in a society where and it's it's funny you you, you mentioned that like I have friends that I've, I've talked to in this month that they're like Matt I hear what you're saying or but but there's still this level of fear that I I, I feel uh, you know hearing what you're saying and, and that, that comes from 30 to 40 years of, of, of programming that we all had to varying degrees. We can see right now clearly that, that um, the war on drugs wasn't a successful war. And, um, and now that we have you know, all of the science coming out that is objective and it's coming from all over the, the globe under proper 
uh, setting, set and setting, with the right intention and right supervision, these medicines are highly effective. And um, again, a third of our collective psyche is struggling deeply with PTSD, with depression, uh, with all of the fear, uh, chronic anxiety. So these, um, you know, are really, you know, potential opportunities for people to heal when they haven't been able to find, um, you know, healing or relief with Western medicine uh, or modern medicine. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So you said about a third of our society is struggling with uh, trauma-related uh, mental illness. Um, and I know it seems very apparent that ayahuasca and other plant medicines uh, can have a profound impact on those people. What do you think about uh, portions of the population that, that don't consider themselves, themselves struggling with PTSD? Is this a medicine that they can turn to for any wisdom or guidance? Yeah, well, it's, a, it's, a, deep, recommend that? it's a deep spiritual experience. Yeah, I, I most certainly would uh, recommend it to anybody uh, if they could hold it at a place of uh, being grounded and, and, and having a uh, holding it with uh, deep reverence and, and intention. Uh, yes, most definitely. There's a book that comes to mind that, that really just absolutely crushed it, absolutely nailed it, and really uh, documenting um, how we've got to a point where we could have so many people hurting and we could have you know science saying this. Um, I don't even think they mentioned the word ayahuasca in their book, uh, but it was a book called Stealing Fire by Jamie Wheel and Stephen Kotler. Really powerful book about uh, you know optimum states of human consciousness. These guys have been studying uh, the flow state with the Flow Genome Project, I believe, in Silicon Valley, and um, you know they've viewed and researched uh, the optimum states. And they, they break it down really from the simplest of meditations to the most profound, you know, uh, experience with a shaman and virtually everything in between, whether it be uh, yoga, whether it be the way that we drink coffee, or listen to sound, uh, sex, extreme sports, all the different ways that we, we, we get out of our mind. Um, but th that book for me was, was a really profound book that that really, they, they, they nailed it. They really uh, hit it from all the different angles of how we got to a time uh, right now. And, and essentially it, it serves as a guidebook that anybody would be interested in, in uh, having this experience. I would highly recommend um, you know, this book, Stealing Fire, context of, um, of really you know, addressing the, the, the past and again, how we, you know, the, again, with the book, Stealing Fire, so that would be the one that really out of, you know, I, I freaking cried the first time. I, Holy cow, these guys, they, they, you know, they're studying, you know, Burning Man and, and how Google, you know, got its success and, and the Navy SEALs, uh, you know, using uh, float tanks and all of these esoteric techniques to build essentially superhuman soldiers. Really, really fascinating uh, work that, that um, is very objective. And there's so many amazing resources that come from that book. Um, and I think that there's a lot of books right now that, um, that are citing other, other works that are important uh, and relevant to these these quick changing times. I mean, the way that things are going in politics and, and the, the environment and, and the social problems that we're having and the shootings that are happening, it's a scary time. Yeah, and I know that uh, last time you recommended a documentary to me that was amazing. Do you want to speak to that at all? Sure, yeah, it was The Reality of Truth. Very, very uh, profound 
documentary that I came across uh, last year, and I thought it was just like, whoa, Deepak Chopra is endorsing plant medicines, um, which was really, you know, his teachings and, and, and his work as a, I don't know, I think that he would be the, the first pop guru uh, of planet Earth that would come to mind for many people as you know, I think he's got 28 books and a lot of them are very, very popular, but, but he teamed up with a group of folks and they went down to uh, Peru. One of the participants in this documentary was Michelle Rodriguez of Fast and Furious. Uh, she had lost her lover and, and beloved Paul Walker to a car accident and she was going through some stuff. And, and so she, you know, raised her hand to participate and, to, and, to, you know, have this deep healing transformational experience, uh, this deep letting go in this documentary and sharing it openly and honestly and and her way of of looking at it and her you know authenticity of of sharing exactly how she felt was really really powerful and really very moving uh, for me to see somebody um, an actress you know commercial actress that i've admired uh, over the years and i believe that she likened the experience to 10 years of therapy in a weekend great analogy that is is accurate but i was again when i watched that absolutely wowed and proud of that work and it's it's a big shape-shifting documentary they touch upon some really deep powerful issues um, and 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 notions you know it was really really well done yeah definitely i agree it was amazing how you really could get a, a sensory experience of what these people were going through and the interviews after their experience were really profound some of the stories that they told and very like specific details and what they memorized and how they came away transformed. It was very gripping on me for sure. I, I, I had some tears as well and I felt like a need to reach out to people saying like, I have this new thing I understood that has just completely opened my eyes to a, a segment of the world that has hope and potential. And that's amazing. Yeah, most definitely. Very, very powerful perspective shifting. Real, it was honest. It was just raw truth, and, and and that might be offensive to some people, but I, I think their work was beautiful, and it's definitely helping our, our troubled times. Right. Do you think it's dangerous that uh, a lot of millennials are flying to Central and South America in, in droves right now to experience this kind of transcendental experience? I don't think it's dangerous. I think that, again, if, if this is held with intention and held with reverence, and, and if someone has a plan so important to have a plan then it can be a deep deep experience that can offer healing i mean we're all abused to varying degrees in this ultra complex world that we live in right now but to to have that insight and and to you know know that the the millennials have a reputation for you know not having the work ethic and and uh, not wanting to participate in some of the material uh, agendas of our society and i don't know i think that it, it can be a deep deep uh, experience of, of awakening and kind of opening your eyes. And ultimately it leads to finding a place of where we can be most, most happy and, and, and of service. Um, you know, having that, your eyes really open and yeah, I don't think it's a, it, it's a bad thing at all. I think that it's a, it's a great opportunity. It's, it's something that's provided by mother nature. You know, if, if you do your research, uh, Tim Ferriss, one of the big bloggers, author of four hour work week, who openly speaks about his ayahuasca, likens it to the need to approach it like you would having brain surgery. So do your research and weigh your options. Make sure that you know you're doing it for the right reasons. And, and yeah, then people can have a really profound life-changing experience. Yeah. 
So how do you seek that out? How do you find where, what kind of setting and what kind well, of... you find a credible to... person that, that it maybe has been through an experience or you can go and read, read the reviews online. But I would, I would trust better firsthand accounts. And if, and if what someone's telling you is, is something that resonates with you and, you and you feel like it's a good fit, then, then roll with it. There's a lot of places that have documentaries and have uh, great, great reputation. Others speak to this. I know that Aubrey Marcus, he, he talks a lot about his ayahuasca experiences on his, his podcast. And, you know, it's, you don't have to look too far to find, uh, you know, through the, through the information and, and filter and, and really extract the inspiration from the information and trust what you, what you think and what you feel and go with it. Yeah. Sounds like just a good life mantra to have for how you make your decisions. Yes. Yes. That, that uh, again, yeah, filtering through all of the freaking information that we have to, to do and find that those little kernels, those little nuggets of inspiration and, and roll with it. You have to. Uh, otherwise, that, that information will be overload and, and bog you down. That's a challenge that we all face in this uh, ever-increasing, ever-complex world that we live in. Yeah. Well, I trust that, uh, that you're a wise person to be leading the way forward for hundreds of veterans to get the help that they need and to live a more impactful beautiful life and draw out their truest gifts and all thank you for seeing that yeah it's it's important if our society can't take care of those that take care of us that'll be a problem that'll be a big problem so this is this is work that's needed and um a, a great portion of our society that's that's truly marginalized that and and um you know it, it's uh, it's not right it's just not right at the end of the day that that right. 22 to 50 uh, suicides per day that's just it's it's too much it's too heavy so what's on the horizon for you? Uh, we have a huge fundraiser here in Chicago that I'm really excited about, the VET inaugural Real Talk, and that'll be October 18th here in Chicago, and, and we're expecting a group of 50 to 80 folks coming together in the spirit of harmony for our veterans that struggle deeply with PTSD and suicide, and uh, we're going to be sharing our research data and raising a, a lot of money and planting seeds of truth and, and you know, again, get, just getting this word out there and been getting an unbelievable amount of support and love and encouragement and help you know people that uh, come across our mission and they raise their hand and say hey how can i help how can i get involved how can i be a part of this and so that's that's humbling to know that there's a lot of others that are are interested in in helping and contributing and doing what's right by by those that fight for our, our, our liberties and freedoms that's great news thank you i'll let you go back and get in the good fight Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again for having me on your, on your podcast and, and for allowing me to share, uh, you know, my story and share this, uh, the, this work that we're doing with our veterans and best of luck to you on your path. And thank you again. So what actionable step are you going to take next? Do you have a lingering question or something you want help working through? Do you need support in doing what it's going to take to live your purpose? People of Purpose is here for you. Subscribe to the podcast and soak in the stories and words of our wonderful guests. Do you have any friends that might enjoy this episode or the podcast? Bring them on board as a podcast subscriber. If you want to actually see the guests behind the voices, as well as the purposeful people and communities I'm a part of around the world, follow the podcasting journey on Instagram at People of Purpose Podcast. You can connect with our purpose-seeking community on Facebook at People of Purpose by liking and following our page. Know the minute each new episode is published, hear first about upcoming People of Purpose opportunities, 
and receive regular tidbits of inspiration and media. I'm purposely perusing, pursuing, and pondering. It's simply a regular dose of goodness, intentionally filtered by me, to nourish your personal path of purpose. For the ultimate engagement, join our intentional group Purpose Seekers from the Facebook page. Join in longer form discussions, link up with accountability partners, and share in opportunities and challenges to better know and grow in your purpose. Send me a direct message on either Facebook or Instagram if you want to talk privately and receive personalized guidance on how to raise your sails and write your ship. Come forth with your biggest dreams and aspirations, and I will do my best to connect you with the necessary resources and mentors from my network to start your trek along your personal path of purpose. Cheers, and here's to becoming 